beautiful, beautiful Monday afternoon, evening, night to morning, wherever that you're tuning in from. Welcome to another episode of Hardship, the now a workplace, the now diversity leadership and S. We are coming live today on a Monday. I have such a beautiful guest lined up today and we're going to be talking about the importance of being a team player and we're going to do a deep dive as to what a team player means because the context is misconstrued sometimes and people are held held accountable for the false reasons. So without further ado, let me bring on my guest for tonight. Welcome, Girish. Hi, Mila. How are you this afternoon? I am well, thank you. How are you? Doing good. Can't complain, considering the times. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And you are coming live all the way from the West Coast. So thank you again for taking the time uh, and being here with us today. I'm happy to be here. All right. So a little, just a quick synopsis for to all the viewers listening and watching. So Girish, can you just tell us a little bit about you know who Girish is and what you do within one or two sentences? All right. Uh, who, who Girish is? Girish is a proud father of two daughters. To uh, one soon to be getting off of the teenage uh, cycle, and one is actually working now. So I got two of them, and uh, you know. It's, I would assume that I'm an okay and as okay as one, but you got to ask my wife about that part. <laughs> uh, and uh, I think, in terms of uh, you know, I, I actually as a person, uh, you know, I feel like there. Are, I think as you age, I think you probably get a little bit more wiser about what you want to be for the world. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, if you ask me now, I think the person that I am right now is a person that wants to help people out, wants to share what I can, what I'm able to share. Uh, and uh, in terms of work, I've been, you know, I've been doing IT work that just, uh, you know, again, sometimes it takes a while to realize that you actually are just working for the sake of work and not beyond that, right? And uh, I've been in IT for about uh, 27 years now, and uh, I've gone through quite a bit of companies, a lot of startups in Bay Area, actually, as a matter of fact, and uh, a few of them that are big, uh, Amazon Web Services and now Google. So uh, it's been an interesting journey so far. That's fantastic, and and that's a great journey, right? And being part of different teams and different organizations, you have been exposed to 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 being on teams and what it means to be on teams. And a team is not necessarily and specifically and exclusive in organizations. It's also part of being a family. It's also part of your your circle, your friendship circle, and in life, right? Uh, but but. Hardship in, on hardship, I always explore from a three-prong perspective because we exist in a three-prong perspective, as in how we are at home transfers to how we are in society or in our communities, transfers to how we are in the workplace or in school, if school is your workplace. So let's focus on being a team player. Um, let's start with what does it mean to be a team player and what is your experience of being in teams or managing teams right and i think it's you know in my mind the difference between being in a team and managing a team is very subtle in in some way shape or form right i think you know from the way in which i look at it is you know as in you know again i think it starts from you know starts at home right actually to be to be honest and i think you brought that up pretty well for me being a team player at home essentially means being supportive of 
the decisions that are being made at home, uh, you know, by my wife, by my, you know, my parents, right, my extended family, because I come from a very extended family, uh, you know, where uh, we make decisions as a family culturally in some ways. And uh, respecting everybody's, you know, hearing out everybody's thoughts more than anything else, and uh, you know, and considering those thoughts, right? I think uh, even at a young age, I think I I would always say, I was always told uh, that you need to. It's very easy for you to listen to the oldest people, you know, in that particular gathering. It's always the, you know, you need to always pay attention to the people that won't have a voice. Meaning, meaning, uh, you know, in this case, somebody that may be young and maybe just. In, you know, we may exclude them just because they are young, right? And they don't have a voice and we should not hear from them, right? And I've tried to put that into good practice at home. So I always like, you know, whenever we uh, talk about things as a family, uh, you know, before we make a decision that everybody gets their word, and actually I usually start with my younger daughter and then go up uh, so that we don't overpower her most of the time, okay? Not doesn't happen all the time. I think there has to be an age after which you, you, you're granted the privilege. I think that happens probably like about when you're 13 or 14, but it's always been. Not when you're talking. Not when you're talking, right? So that's the, the family aspect of it. I think that's something that it kind of sort of, it's for me, it has been burnt into, you know, into my mind. That's how I need to do things in my family. And I think I take that actually to my work as well. Okay. So for me, the work has always been, even when I was an individual contributor, and I've been, you know, I've not been an individual contributor for the last, I'm going to say 15, 16 years. But for the first 11 years that I was an individual contributor, I used to make my voice heard, first of all, right, in a, in a team. And I also need to actually always, always say like, hey, we didn't hear, you know, about somebody else, right, somebody else in the team. Uh, that you know that need you know that need their voice to, voice to be heard. So it's always that, and I think I carried that over to uh, my management style as well. So always, whenever in my you know in my teams, I the first thing that I say, and I think uh, it's actually probably I would even say it's a transformation in some ways. I think I I did have a you know a little bit of a challenge, and I have to be first to admit it when I moved from an you know an um, individual contributor role to a manager role, right? And I think. One of the challenges was to make sure that how do I think beyond work, right? You know, I, I personally think any team is a team. As a team, it goes beyond work in my mind, right? I think that's, you know, we share everybody's, you know, thoughts, uh, thought processes in terms of what they do and all that. So what I've done is one of the things that I do, and, you know, even in my, you know, one-on-ones, I first 10 minutes, I actually talk about not just talking about weather and stuff like that. That's just you know, just regular, you know, conversation. I actually try to talk about their families. I try to talk about what they are trying to do for vacation. Uh, what are the, you know, just understand their their situation better. And uh, and then basically go from there, right? So I think as a, it helps you, you know, in my mind, I think as a manager for you to basically have, to get that, you know, to make sure that they understand that they are, you're them for, you're there for them. And that opens up, there, you know, how they share things. So that's how that's one aspect of it is what I would say, right? As you know, to being part of a team player. Wow, that is quite and and in-depth, but very heart aligned, right? And I like what you mentioned about supporting decisions. And you and you mentioned about the cultural aspect of it. So a lot of people might think, oh, it's different cultures, you know, and, you know, you 
operate very differently from different parts of the world. But it's not that different when organizations are trying to build their culture, right? And then they adopt this narrative of, oh, you, you do not fit in here because it's a culture, you're not a very good culture fit. But at the same time, cultures are born or adopted based on the practices and symbols and behaviors that come from a very singular lens. Right. But at the same time, when a culture evolves to your point, you mentioned about supporting decisions, giving a listening ear and understanding someone that challenges the status quo of what a culture is supposed to be. And you also mentioned about understanding someone's situation, right? You talk to people trying to understand whom they are as a person. And that is the core of leadership. And that is the core of, of, of framing the whole frame of what team player ought to be and must be, right? Now, I want to take this into a different direction now. So... Most of the times, right, I've heard a lot of, of uh, discussions about what it means to be a team player, and sometimes it is coined into different terms, where I've heard narratives from managers, and I've, part, I've, I've been part of teams where I hear my other manager, my fellow managers or fellow peers mentioning about, oh, we need team players who will pick up the slack. We need team players who will do the work and will not ask questions. So, but team, being a team player is not about, you know, like inviting someone and telling them, oh, in order to be S, you need to, to do all the household chores. In order to be S, you need to show us your, your um, what do you call that? Your, your gratitude or, you know, your allegiance to us. But th that whole thing is mistaken as I, I look at it as hazing, right? When, what do you call sororities and fraternities, they have a period of hazing and it's not legal anymore. <laughs> but when someone comes into the organization and they say, in order to be as, in order to be a team player, you need to do this. You need to come out at 12 a.m., stand in the call. That comes like, you know, that kind of like borderlines a little bit of abuse but and, and mistreatment. But at the same time, I want to acknowledge this really important thing, misconception that a lot of people have. Being a team player is inviting someone into your team and then making them prove themselves to be. But we are forgetting to include their skills. We are forgetting to include their voice. We're forgetting to include or or having the opportunity to getting to know them to your point. So I wanna hear a little bit about your thoughts about how the term team player is being misconstrued. Okay, so it is a very interesting question, Mela, because the way in which, see, again, when I look at it from a work perspective, right? Every work defines what culture is, right? So for example, AWS or Amazon has its own culture, Google has its own culture, right? And you're right in one way in saying that, you know, when you basically bring somebody over, right, when you have, you know, hire someone, you are expecting that person to blend in or fit in, to, to prove that they can fit in to the team culture, right? And I think organizations themselves have, you know, to, to be fair to all the, you know, all the, you know, corporations, I think they've tried to tweak around to give that flexibility to see what you can do, right? In some ways, in some orgs, more than not. And I will actually say Google, one of those employers that actually gives you a you know, wide 
amount of flexibility to define what that is, right? So in this case, it is not Google actually in that way, I would actually say it's a good model in the sense that it basically allows you to have the diversity in talk, right. diversity in what you do. You don't have to agree to every single thing, right? It's not like, okay, you know what? We are going to, you know, it's, it's the back to the old Roman culture. You're with me or not with me, right? You're part of this legion. You hold the shield, you know, you move forward. And without you holding the shield, everything is going to break, right? <laughs> that's the normal team culture, right? right. That's, the, that's the traditional culture that's existed for 2,000 years. If you look at it from a team playing perspective, uh -huh. right? Uh -huh. So what organizations like Google are trying to do, and I think it's, I'm not saying they're 100%, you know, there, and I think there are some managers that can take advantage of what right. the flexibility is that's being provided. But you don't have to be a flanks. You don't mm -hmm. have to be this, you know, this very integrated mesh, you know, in, in that way. You can be a flexible mesh and you mm -hmm. can still adopt, you know, other people's ideas. And what we what we're realizing is you don't have to operate, you know, in that very, you know, like in, in that tight knit fashion. That's the only is that that's not the only way to success. Mm -hmm. Okay, I think if, you know there is a balance. I think everybody now realizes there is a balance between, a, you know, a person's and employees. In this case, you know, well-being, mental well-being, mm -hmm. and how you know, and how they perform at work, mm -hmm. right? And how they interact with work. As a manager, you want to be able to provide them the opportunity to first treat them as an individual. Treat them. I always say this. As a manager, my only big difference may be that I may know certain things that you may not know in terms of what I may have seen as a parent. Mm -hmm. Okay. My aspirations and your aspirations are the same. My desire to, you know, take care of the family, to your desire to take care of the family is the same. Everything mm -hmm. is the same. Okay. I think if you start from the very basic things of what a human being cares about, as a manager, it becomes much easier for you to integrate somebody into the team more than anything else. Right. I love it. Oh my God, I absolutely love what you just mentioned and I echo you. Uh, you mentioned a really great point about when we start start realizing, you know, what do you, you mentioned about you want to take care of your family and I want to take care of your family. So that becomes a common denominator. And we start identifying each other as humans. That's such an important thing. Uh, and I love how you just, you know, coined this whole thing about, like different different organizations do have their culture and i love that and that's one thing i really love about google is that uh, you, you know they are open they are very much open where they don't try to treat humans as they are plasticine i don't know what's the term used in the united states for plasticine but it's a molding kind of a thing where you mold shapes into it uh, and you create objects but that's one thing and that's what a culture is is i'm not going to say supposed to be should become and must always evolve to be right and there's always a diversity element to it now i want to talk a little bit about you know you mentioned about understanding someone from a very humanistic perspective and supporting their decisions and including their decisions so back to being a team player what does it make in order when you have a team of you know it's it's quite easy when you just have a team of three people. But when you expand teams right, for new managers or people who are moving from individual contributors to people sponsors, I don't want to call them managers, I want to call them people sponsors who really sponsor for their team. 
and they often struggle from you know dealing with one or two team members and then to 10 team members or 15 team members this is where the struggle comes and this is where we get we, we see patterns of social exchange bias where certain team members will try to curry favor their managers or try to to create this false sense of relationship right but but I want to really deep dive into how can we become t- valuable team members from a perspective of really acknowledging that each of us are unique. So, so what characteristics can be found in a great team member and, and as a people manager or people sponsor, how can they cultivate certain characteristics, characteristics of team members? Uh, that's a, it's a great question, right? So in, in my mind, I think it's it's a very complex answer. I'm going to try to see if I can actually make this uh, simple in some ways, right? Or yeah. try to you know, communicate that in a simple fashion. So see, for you to, for anybody to be a good team member, I think the key thing, one of the key ingredients, I think, uh, for you to become, a, you know, to be a good team member is to just, you know, be open somewhat, right? Open to communicating, you know, and even again, remember there are a lot of people we need to take into consideration. There are a lot of people that may not like to necessarily necessarily communicate in the way in which we normally are used to, right? So I'm a person that is just like verbal, very like I'm very vocal about things and I always express things quickly. There are people that just won't take that time, you know, they just are, you know, inherently reserved. They are like, they don't are, they're not comfortable, right? So you need to basically make sure that, the, you know, a good a good team, team member should make sure that they can communicate in whatever way they are comfortable with. They should be able to tell their, uh, you know, their, uh, you know, their manager or the people sponsor that, hey, this is the way in which I would like to be communicated. This is how I like to operate, right? That's one. The second thing is as much as I think, you know, there's this common human bonding that is there, there are certain people that are private. They are very private and they want to be private. So you have to respect that. Okay, and I think the, the couple of key things as a team, a good team member, you should say, "What are my preferences? This is these are, you know, these are my preferences. I like things to be private. I like I I don't like you know like overlying you know like you know too much care, right? Because I always think a manager's job, a people sponsor's job, is to customize the the amount of effort and the amount of attention based on what that particular person, the team member needs. Because for me, I always tell my manager, okay, I li- I don't like to be checked more than once every two weeks, okay? I'm not, you know, don't try to micromanage me in that way. You know, I, I will give you the report once every two weeks. I, I you know, I'll ab- absolutely update you on X, Y, Z. So I basically set some rules. I expect my team members to kind of sort of tell what they want, okay? And that is something that I actually look for even in, during the interview process itself actually you know if i'm hiring somebody i'm looking for someone to tell me very freely the what they want what they what their desires are that makes them a that's a first spot to a, becoming a good team member right the other aspect is to come in with a you know even if you don't if you are a reserved person you need to still you know know that there are everybody has their limitations and everybody has their failure you know like strengths and weaknesses so it's important for them to understand not their own weaknesses. It's important for them to understand that everybody has their own weaknesses as well. 
So when you come into a team, don't come with an expectation that, you know, that everybody's going to be like, you know, like just, you know, connecting with you or everybody's going to work in the way in which you're working, right? So those are a couple of things that I will say as something that I look for, you know, somebody that's like a good team member. And of course, beyond that, the basic, you know, instinct of like caring about, you know, caring about each other, you know, that's not outside, that's completely outside of work, right? Uh, it's interesting because, you know, the, you know, I've, you know, I've been working with, a, you know, quite a few colleagues in AWS, you know, when this whole COVID stuff started, these are folks that used to work for me, right? They set up like a, uh, like a video chat once every week, like a happy hour, they set it up and they just invited me uh, to it. And we just, just talk, you know, talk family, they talk about what they're cooking at home and stuff like that. So it is nothing related to, you know, and I do that even with my current Google employees to a large extent, right? So you just need to, I think as a team member, you need to be more comfortable sharing just a little bit more so that people know, you know, what they expect, what what they should do, what did, what should they not do, basically, more than anything else. I love that. So you mentioned four points that really stood out to me. So you mentioned the first thing that you mentioned about the communication, right? Uh, you know, understand how each of us communicate. And you brought up a really great point about some people are reserved and their communication method is, is different. And that ties in so much for diversity, right? And and not just diversity, but the inclusiveness. When we talk about inclusion, most of the time we emphasize about, okay, we need to have open communication, but communication itself looks so nuanced to each person, to your point. You mentioned that some people are, are reserved. Some people have different styles of communication, right? And, and, and enabling that is such an important factor. And also respecting and accepting how they communicate communicate is a huge factor. Sometimes in meetings, I've been on in meetings where where some team members just will not say anything. And even when we go around the table, I'll ask them, hey, you know, uh, let's go around the table and if you have got thoughts, please share. But at the same time, I want you to know that discussion does not end here. The discussion continues. So, so it 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 gives them the opportunity to to communicate in their in their unique style. So, and then that's one thing that I really like. And and as leaders, we need to take that into consideration, especially when we have team members, and and not to have the singular concept of or to be a team player. You need to communicate. You need to be boisterous and and you know bubbly and you know, blow horns, whatever, you know, that, that you have. And I got a, you know, a video, like, this is a, you know, the Silicon Valley, and we still have, you know, kind of connectivity issues here, so I apologize. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no problem at all. So, no, welcome back. So, this is live, so connection issues are, <laughs> are bound to happen, so don't worry about it. So, um, as, as, as I was mentioning, uh, I, I like that point. And then the second point that you mentioned about is the cell boundaries, right? Setting boundaries is so important. And to your point, you mentioned about when people, you mentioned that you, you are really vocal about uh, not being micromanaged to your manager. And that's open communication. That falls into the communication method, right? How some people communicate. And setting boundaries is, uh, this is something that I, I found on Forbes 
uh, article, they say that one of the char characteristics in being a great team player is also knowing how to set boundaries and setting boundaries as to uh, as to what your expectations are, going back to your point that you mentioned again, what your expectations are, and also understanding everyone's expectation, every team member's expectation to really understand where they are coming from, how they are coming coming from, and how they are showing up in that in that space. Like let's say if they are experiencing something at home, someone passed away. If if they have got a disabled parent or disabled child, that's going to impact them. So setting boundaries and expectation and truly understanding that plays a huge part. Now that brings me to the question as to boundaries, right? When we set boundaries, at the same time, we hear narratives of to be a team player, you need to be flexible. How can you be flexible and set boundaries at the same time? I want to hear your thoughts on this. Okay, well, this is an interest, very interesting question. Actually, something that I'm working with somebody else on, you know, on the exact same thing, right? And now it's actually it's even more challenging because of the times, right? The COVID yeah. Uh, you know, act, you know, you know the fact that your care, you know, your caregiving, your you know, your kids are at home, and how do you? And actually, this exactly the same question that was asked this morning actually to me, okay? <laughs> and uh, because you're trying to work out something that makes sense, right? And I think the thing is, the, the flexibility. See, the thing is, I always say this: there is always a priority list for things at the end of the day, okay? The priority always has to, you know, for us going back to. I always say ignore work for a minute, ignore work, okay? Because work is just work, okay? At the end of the day, your priorities will still have to be for what you need to do at home. What, you know, if you are, you know, getting delayed by like, you know, doing XYZ work by another day, it's okay. You know what? Somebody's going to shout at you or somebody's going to shout at me. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But what you need to do at work takes priority over anything else, right? So mm -hmm. I always say that prioritize in that fashion, right? That's one. In terms of flexibility and boundaries, the, the thing is, it, it really depends actually on, you know, the type of work situation you are in to a large extent. And I'll always say that as long as you are, you know, you, you are able to see the, the first and foremost thing is there are certain golden rules you have to write down and basically say, if these golden rules are not violated, then I may be flexible. Okay. You should not say by default, I am flexible, right? Because there are a lot of people that come into organizations thinking that they have to prove, right? Mm -hmm. And actually, this is actually a conversation with uh, two different conversations in the last two days. One was somebody that came into my org and trying to prove something. And I'm worried, frankly, that he's, he's taking too much of work. Okay. And the, uh, there's this other person. She wants to make sure that she's not, while setting up boundaries, that she's not, you know, uh, you know, she's not perceived as, you know, not flexible. Right. So two different challenges. So all I'll say is write down those top three golden rules as to what you care about. OK, mm -hmm. you you cannot sacrifice either on one way or the other. You cannot sacrifice it, whether you're trying to extend yourself and do stuff or whether you're going to, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, you know, expand your boundaries, if you will. Right. Mm -hmm. So I always think it, it works both ways. It cuts both ways, because if you put yourself boundaries and if you want to be flexible, you know, you feel bad that you're not going to be able to, you know, you're not, you know, that you're not going to be able to be flexible and you feel like, you know, am I doing something wrong? At the same time, if somebody is being too flexible, right, and too abusing their own time, you're paying for something else somewhere else. That's the bottom line, right? Mm -hmm. So 
take those three golden rules or two golden rules, whatever the number is. If you run it by, if you run by that and basically say it's okay, then you decide to be either flexible or not flexible. Is what I'm, you know, what I say. So uh, again, it's something that's custom that you have to decide, but you need to decide what those top two things are. Okay, I cannot decide it for you, unfortunately. <laughs> no, great point. Great point, and I like how you mentioned about the golden rules, right? What do you care about? Uh, oftentimes, to your point, oftentimes we have people, new team members, or individual contributors transitioning into people sponsor roles, right? Where they feel that they need to prove something, uh, they need to show that they can do, they are worthy of this position, and very soon they forget about setting boundaries and they automatically take on this persona that, oh, I'm flexible, I can do this, I'm flexible, I can do that. To your point again, taking on too many, too many <laughs> responsibilities, which then hurts them. At the same time, I want to highlight this very important point. I've, I've seen it in my corporate tenure. I've seen it um, in the past 15 years of my career where a lot of people take on so many different responsibilities. And it's a, it, it portrays two sides, right? It portrays that it's either you're a good person managing your time or at the same time you you are portraying this image to someone else to take advantage of you and and i've seen it pan out and as a young young people sponsor when i first started my career you know i started in engineering and i went to becoming an educator you know and i was new in leadership roles and i was like okay i need to prove myself as i was taking on roles I thought, okay, I'm really flexible. At the same time, the more flexible I became, I forgot about setting my own boundaries, which then took a toll on my mental health, which then took a toll on the way that I performed. At the same time, it took a toll on how other people perceived me or respected me or respected my boundary. And that's what I've been seeing and you see in organizations as, as well. And young leaders, or not even just young leaders, when I say young leaders, it's just not age, but leaders who are becoming new, uh, uh, coming into uh, people sponsor roles nearly, right? They hit burnout really quickly. But that's a good tip that you mentioned, the golden rule. What do you care about? And then intersect those two, setting boundaries and what does flexibility mean to you? So, and that brings me to the next point I want to, I want to uh, identify addressing conflicts, right? So I've been researching what the, some of the characteristics of what a team player must, should possess or can possess. And one of the characteristics is addressing conflicts. Because when you're in a team and when, when you're considered as a team player, sometimes what can be dumped on you? Or sometimes you will be looked as the odd one out because you are not conforming to groupthink. And conflicts come about, right? But it's so imperative to be a great team player to address conflict. And this intersects with flexibility and boundaries as well and communication, right? So let's talk a little bit about conflict and addressing conflict because conflict itself is so nuanced. And as a diverse perspective as to how some people approach conflict or reject conflict or 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 you know the communication style that is involved even within conflict. So I want to hear your thoughts on this. How do we address conflicts um, 
in 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 the intersection of being a team player i see I, one of the one of the key things i think it's a very human in nature going back to you know the way in which i look at it right whenever there is a conflict you normally take a mostly take a defensive position you start defending first okay and it happens it's happened to me many times it probably happened to me last week i'm pretty sure about it right because but that's our default behavior right in in as a team in a team whether you're a manager and you know talking to a team of manager whether you're a, you know you're talking to your own team right and you're a team player and an individual contributor you know you basically like the conflict usually usually any con whatever the root of the conflict is you normally go to a defensive position on any conflict okay and usually that comes out as offense but it's actually you're playing defense in some way shape or form right what i always say is like okay so the first thing is as a, as a team player as a you know as a person that belongs to the team you need to a understand it's very natural for you to defend okay as a manager also you need to understand that it's very natural for including you and other people that they will actually defend if there is a conflict so if you're trying to resolve a conflict within the team or if you're trying to uh, you know if as a team player you know if they run into a conflict first thing is recognizing that you may actually defend is number 1 and go through that motion you cannot say that you cannot go through and try to defend yourself we are human we know we need to do it to at least exercise our you know our demons if you will in some ways or get it out basically in some ways right to you know to get the defense mechanism out but once you're done with that i always suggest this and always suggest like hey you know go back and think about the fact that you know maybe there is maybe there is some element of truth in in you know if you're working with somebody else in your team or outside of your team there is maybe a element of truth about what they said you know that is you know that maybe okay that you don't have to you know go into conflict you know conflict mode on right so think about what that is right and there are ways of saying things normally i always think it's it's a going back to your communication aspect of it normally conflicts arise because there is no you know clear communication or people you know there is a perception okay because you per, you know you perceive that somebody is doing this or you perceive even worse is the perception that you have that somebody is not doing it okay so you basically assume this person is okay is most common thing oh this guy is taking or this girl is taking so much time to do this when this needs to be done within like whatever time so my you know it's somebody's perception that is leading to a conflict so understand the root cause and then question the person that actually is you know question in a way again goes back to the communication skill question in such a way that you actually try to understand a little bit more about where that difference is coming from and try to address it okay that's what i would say and i think again it's easier said than done because it takes a little bit more you know maturity and even i will say i'm not mature as i said I need to understand from time to time when I go to my defensive mode it took, it takes a while for you to let go of the ego defense is also about ego okay so you need to let go of the ego and basically come back to a position where you can very open to hearing I love that you mentioned about the ego that is such a huge part of all of us right that's huge part of all of us I I don't care you know what some people say uh, there are some leaders who say oh I don't have an ego ego is present in everyone no matter how much you meditate I meditate every day 
and I still have an ego. <laughs> you know, it, it's just a human nature. Like I, when I have fights with my husband, I have an ego. It, it, it's like I immediately go into the mode of, no, no, I didn't say that. But that's to your point, it's the motion, right? It's the motion that we go through in understanding. But I also like what uh, the three points that you mentioned about, you know, conflict is about perception and communication and truly understanding the differences. And I also want to add to that is the expectations. Sometimes when we do not clarify those expectations, right, going back to the point where we spoke about flexibility and boundaries, right, and sometimes we have false expectations, going back to communication again, mm-hmm. and really speaking about what what is everyone's expectation, right? To your point, some so, someone can get angry about, oh, this person is taking such a long time without understanding what's going on. But if we come together and say, okay, um, these are my expectations, these are my expectations, but you can't have expectations of someone else without understanding their strengths, their skills, their weakness, right? At the same time, we can't impose something onto them. This is another layer that adds onto, right, to the conflict. Conflicts also come about when when under, under the team of being a team player, we often say, okay, I think you're good in this, uh, Girish. Um, you are going to go and design all the artwork just because, you know, I saw Girish draw a painting and I immediately assigned something to you without even consulting you. That is imposing something onto you, not even understanding what your strengths are, what your skills are, what your purpose, what your interests are, because all those things play a part in someone being a valuable team player as well, really accepting them. And I like how you mentioned about understanding the difference. Uh, And that plays a huge part in diversity, diversity of thoughts, diversity of behavior. And a lot of the time people think, no, there's no such thing as difference. We all need to be on the same page. Um, (laughs) and, And let's talk a little bit about what it means to be on the same page. Uh, in terms of goals and in terms of being a team player? I think in terms of goals, I think everybody has their own goals, right? You know, as I, you know, again, it goes back to, if you distill it down, in my mind, it's always three things that you care about, you know, for your family, you know, you're doing things for your family. You have ego, you want to improve on, you know, everybody, nobody comes to work saying, I'm going to flunk at work today, okay? Nobody comes and says, like, I'm going to give my worst today at work. Right? So <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's not happening. Right? So we all have common aspirations in my mind. We all, you know, we're all, you know, we're all doing something for, you know, us or our families. Okay. We're all doing things for, you know, for we, we think it's going to help us either get better, you know, not maybe not as a human being. Okay. Let's be very clear about it. Maybe it's just, you know, in some, you know, some aspects of, what we think is important to us in that way, right? So if it's technology, it's technology. If it's something else, it's something else. So we come with some common desires, okay? That, you know, that there are common goals that, you know, that we have. So that's, that is fundamental. I don't think anybody, you know, uh, anybody can question anybody that, okay, that why are you working or why are, you know, th- that's there. Now, translating that to making them a team player, right? And and under the you know remember as much as I think as a manager if you're ma- if, unless you're running your own company, your organization defines what the goals are for them. 
right be it you know every great company will still have some you know dollars that, that need to be met or some expectations that needs to be met how do you take that as a manager and kind of sort of from a team player perspective how do you distill it right so in terms of you know getting on the same page in my mind means that you all first understand that you know that you're all working for the certain basic things that you care about in your life and you know in terms of there are some areas where i think you will be you know going back to the work related stuff there are some things that you bring in that you'll have unique value right and there are certain things that you know that you probably will have to learn be open to learning right and in in you know open to hearing other thoughts not when you know maybe you're not interested at all but hear other people's thoughts when you cannot when you're not interested in that area right at least let other people decide for you in in some ways you know in the team and making sure that you you're there for the you know for your team right in whatever way it, it needs to be right it doesn't have to be that you have to be the you know the person carrying the flag okay a lot of people normally think like that i have to carry the flag to be a team player you don't have to be carrying the flag every single time okay that i think wherever there are opportunities you know you think you you can contribute you should be able to contribute and allow others to support you at the same time you support others so that others can be successful right so my thinking is you should be happy to have other people succeed in your team for you to be a team player if you have that mentality that other people will be succeeding and you know and you're happy that they are succeeding because you contributed something to them that's perfectly fine i love that you used the analogy of the flag analogy you can't you don't need to carry the flag i do not know if you are aware of this online game it's called world of warcraft and i used to play that game <laughs> quite a bit and it's interesting and on this online game <clears throat> that's uh, that's <clears throat> excuse me there's this uh, session where you go into it's called pvp so you go as a team and then what you're supposed to do it's alliance versus um horde and you're supposed to capture the hordes if you're playing alliance or you're supposed to the horde if you're playing horde you're supposed to capture alliance's flag so two posts are on each uh, on one and right on extreme ends so you're supposed to go as a team and go capture the flag and it's usually a team of five and you you play the the characters are there a hunter a mage uh, a warrior a paladin uh, a priest so you go as a team and it's interesting even on online games right one person will always want to capture the flag saying that i'm a team player i'm going to sacrifice i'm going to do this and and the rest of the team members will feel as though they are not contributing or if they say oh, i want to capture the flag and that becomes a whole chaotic conflict itself and it's an online game like you're playing with people but that's a good analogy used and that transfers into the virtual world as well even when we play games because a team is not just present in an organization a team is present to your point as we started the conversation Girish it's present at home right you include your youngest daughter opinion her thought her say in discussions and it transfers uh, uh, into every space like your colleagues still invite you to do a video chat i still have friends from different states or different colleagues from different states who invite me to play trivia and 
and we still come together and speak and we still practice a community where we can talk we can always challenge ourselves and at the same time no matter where we belong that concept of team player still shows up it, can you imagine taking a road trip with your friends and 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 one person will say okay we'll switch up driving mm-hmm. that's also also it, it's about being a team player so we covered a lot of valuable points today girish so to wrap up you know you mentioned a lot of great points and and listeners out there who are wanting to have more information in how can we become effective team players or how to to lead your team members in being a team player or if you're a manager an individual contributor becoming not a manager i use the term people sponsor because you had to lift them up as Girish mentioned, you know, the, going back to your first point, communication is a key component where, you know, you have to understand how each individual speaks or communicates or assimilates or digests information. And also to your point, Girish, you mentioned about setting boundaries. Setting boundaries is, is a great 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 factor in building a team and being a team player right it's also to your point understanding the rule understanding the goals um, and being flexible at the same time setting boundaries and also you mentioned about conflicts right understanding the difference embracing the ego going through the motion a lot of the times when we speak about conflict people often say compromise but compromising is someone has got to give up something it's either it's usually one of the parties gives up and that's imbalance so i like that you mentioned understanding difference and going through the motion um any of the tips that you want to add girish before we wrap up yeah i i think it's i think you you put you summarize it better than i would summarize it so i think you know that you did a pretty good job there i again my thinking is as a manager we are all see the thing is as a manager, you're always operating under some direction in some ways, right? And I think it's for a it's for a good manager to figure out what that balance is, what is that that you can shield your employees from, right? I, I think you know I, this is just a manager speak, I guess, more than anything else. Uh, you want to make sure, and I think one thing that I didn't mention is at the end of the day, there is a trust, operative trust that is under you know that is underlying uh, you know everything. And I think the trust comes from the fact that, you know, that you, A, you know, you, your employee knows that your manager is going to be with them and supporting them no matter what, what decisions they make. And B, for you to know as a manager that the employee is going to make the right call based on what, how she or he sees at any given point of time that you don't have to question them in any way, shape or form, right? So if that trust and for you, you know, you need to establish that trust to be a good team player and, you know, be a good manager in, in, you know, vice versa, actually, so. I love it, I love it. So today's episode, for those people who just tuned in, we are talking about what, what it means to be a team player and how can we build an effective team where all our team members do feel valued. Thank you again for being here, Girish. Um, you know, it's always such an honor to speak with you and have you on Hardship, the now of workplace diversity, leadership and us, because we always need to talk about the currency, right? And people want currency because 
people feel that their purpose is aligned with their skill set. It's it's aligned with where do they belong, and how they are accepted, right? So, folks out there listening, remember, being a team player is not just about having someone do all the dirty work, and it's never about that. Being a team player is about truly understanding how one is their skill sets, their strengths, their weakness, their purpose, and accepting them and including them in a space where they are allowed to take ownership of whom they are at the same time, set the expectations and learn about the expectations of everyone on the team. This has been Hardship, the now workplace diversity leadership and is, and I'm your host, Mila Jishon. Thank you for joining us. Till next week, we will be back on a different topic. Thank you again for being here, Girish. Please do not go anywhere as we wrap up. Please give it a thumbs up and like. Till next week, we will see you again. Stay on the line, Girish. All right. Thank you.